from API. This is Energy Tomorrow Radio, your source for information and conversation about the most important energy issues of the day. Welcome to Energy Tomorrow Radio. I'm your host, Jane Van Ryan. At the end of March, President Obama announced plans to open portions of the U.S. Outer Continental Shelf to offshore oil and natural gas development. But his plans cover only federal waters, not state-controlled waters. Now the state of Florida is considering a bill that would open its waters to offshore energy development. To discuss the bill, we have the Speaker-Designate of the Florida House of Representatives, Dean Cannon, on the telephone with us today. Welcome, Mr. Cannon. Oh, thank you, Jane. Thanks for having me. First of all, please describe the offshore areas that are under Florida's jurisdiction. Well, the Florida's territorial waters uh, basically extend from the shoreline out uh, on the Atlantic coast side out to roughly 3.3 miles and on the Gulf coast side out to approximately 10.3 miles. That was from our original land grant, I think, from Spain, and they used to measure it in leagues, but essentially it's, it's a little more than 10 miles from the coast on the Gulf side. Now, you've introduced a bill that would open Florida's waters to offshore development. Please describe just how that would work if it were enacted. Well, the, the core of the bill is that it doesn't actually allow drilling in any specific areas, but it would authorize our governor and cabinet, which is the state's uh, group in charge of uh, state sovereign submerged lands, to receive proposals for offshore energy exploration. It has a couple of safeguards, for example, that would uh, prevent any uh, permanent above-water structures from being visible from the beach. Clearly, in Florida, our beaches are one of our most precious resources, and we don't want anything that would be visible from, from the beach. Second, that it would require the most modern uh, technological developments, including potentially uh, directional drilling so that you might not even have any rigs. Uh, third, that it would be required to go through an extensive environmental permitting process to make sure we didn't do anything damaging to our environment, have what they, a, so-called, a so-called zero emissions drilling, which means they couldn't allow any fluids to get into the waters. And then among the other provisions that are critically important, that it would not in any way interfere with Florida's military base presence. Uh, we have a large contingency, especially in the panhandle of military bases, uh, as a, as a guy who was born on an Air Force base in Western Europe, that was very important to me to make sure we didn't do anything that would interfere with our, our military men and women or our bases here on shore in Florida. Those are sort of the high points, but there's also, if you want me to uh, develop any of that further, just let me know. Okay. Well, let's move along to the economy, though, because I'm curious, just how would Florida benefit from offshore development? Well, uh, at its simplest form, right now, Florida needs uh, revenue, we need jobs, and we need energy. Uh, and offshore energy exploration provides jobs, revenue, and energy. Um, we, we do want to be a leader, and I'm proud of the work that we're doing to become a leader in renewable fuels, but the truth is we are dependent on oil and natural gas right now uh, to a tremendous extent on foreign sources. And uh, anything we could do to sort of access the mineral resources we have today uh, to help bridge the gap until we can uh, develop nuclear and other alternative sources we ought to do. Uh, I don't want, you know, I, I'm fond of saying that energy security is part of national security and energy security is part of economic security. And that's why I think if we have those mineral resources right here in our own state and we can access them safely and environmentally responsibly, we definitely should do so. Well, there are some polls that have been conducted uh, in your state that show that a majority of Floridians support offshore drilling. Are you receiving a lot of support for your bill? Absolutely. And I think most folks say that we should access oil and natural gas if we have it. They do, some of them say, uh, 
they do without any conditions. But even for those who have reservations, if you ask them uh, what if it were out of sight, uh, then they go from maybe uncommitted to supporting it. And if you ask, could you do it if we could do so uh, without ever it being visible in, in, a modern, in a modern and technologically safe way, environmentally safe way, the support goes to almost 80%. So I really think that we've, we've got both sort of common sense support as well as uh, scientific support. We've heard a, a lot of testimony in my Select Policy Council from everybody from the Federal Minerals Management Service to the Coast Guard to the uh, Florida State Geologist that says we really can access these minerals safely. There are critics, though, who question the wisdom of having offshore development, and they're concerned about the state's tourism industry. How do you respond to them? Well, I, I take any of those concerns very seriously. You know, my district is in Orlando, where we are, in some respects, the tourist capital of the world. Um, and I don't want, and I don't believe that uh, responsible energy exploration will have any negative impact on tourism whatsoever. But I also think that those who are concerned about that uh, fail to see the fact that we have a much greater risk right now from the shipping that occurs in and out of our ports every day. We import something like 11 million barrels of oil per day into Florida's ports, and the only oil spills we've ever had uh, that touched the Florida shores were from shipping. Uh, drilling is something like, I can't remember the number, but I think it's 800% safer statistically than shipping. And so to those who are concerned about a potential hazard to tourism, uh, logically they would actually be, ought to be more in favor of drilling than they are of the shipping that we have every day. I understand you've held several hearings about the pros and cons of offshore energy development, including one just very recently that featured some risk analysts who apparently have written a study addressing the likelihood of oil spills. What did they tell you? Well, what they basically said is uh, akin to what I just said, which is there is certainly any activity, whether it's you know commercial airline travel or driving your car on the road, has some risk with it but that the risks of drilling are frankly much less than the risks that Floridians live with every day. Not just shipping, but hurricanes and red tide and all the other hazards that we face as a, a tropical region state, and that really the, the risks associated with energy exploration and drilling are much less than the risks that we've already got. And we hired uh, the Willis Group to conduct a study and to hear from both the proponents and the opponents. They're based out of England and literally Countries and, and governments all over the world rely on them for risk analyses, and I'm very proud of the work they did because I think it was fair, impartial, and it gave me a lot of comfort that, that really uh, the benefits far outweigh the risks. Now, this isn't the first time that the Florida legislature has considered a bill to open Florida's waters to drilling. What happened the last time? Well, uh, last year we proposed this from the House, and the Senate, uh, you know, takes two to tango in the legislative process. The Senate was not willing to take it up. Um, this year, it, it unfortunately looks as like this, as though the same thing may happen again. I'm encouraged, however, that the Senate sponsor of the legislation, Senator Mike Herodopoulos, uh, he will be my counterpart next year as the incoming Senate president. Uh, as I hope to assume the speakership and become Speaker of the House in November, he also anticipates becoming the President of the Senate, and he favors this issue. So uh, it's, it's impossible to tell, although I think the likelihood is, is not good that it will happen this year. I think it looks much better for next year, and that will just give us that much more time to hopefully get the bill in greater shape and pass it next year. You sound pretty positive that this is going to be enacted one of these days. I, I'm pretty optimistic. I really think it's an idea that there's broad-spectrum popular support for it, and um, and I think it's the right thing to do. And and I think we've, we've tried to be very respectful of those who have different viewpoints, 
but but listen to the science, not to the rhetoric, and and not let emotion on either side, pro or con, guide the debate, but instead rely on the facts and the evidence and what's really going on. And I'm pretty optimistic that we'll get it done, if not this year, definitely next year. Mr. Cannon, thank you so much for joining us today on Energy Tomorrow Radio. Great. Thank you, Jane. Thank you for joining us on Energy Tomorrow Radio, brought to you by the people of America's oil and natural gas industry. For more information about this podcast or to submit questions for future shows, visit energytomorrow.org. That's energytomorrow.org.